The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in God's own self, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am only with you a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Judeans, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If you were about to die, what would you tell the people you love? When I worked as a hospice chaplain, I was given the rare opportunity to be with people as they prepared to die. Now, some might find that a bit disconcerting, even awful work. But for me and others who are called to hospice care, it is holy work. Together, nurses and social workers, music therapists and chaplains help to keep the dying comfortable and pain-free. But we also help families and patients to say goodbye. What would you tell the people that you love? What hope or dream would you share? What advice would you offer? For many, the work of Dr. Ira Brock in his book, The Four Things That Matter Most, has been very helpful. When saying goodbye to a loved one, it's important to say and to hear, please forgive me, I forgive you, Thank you. I love you. Now, Jesus didn't have a hospice team caring for him or a book outlining the four most important things to do or say before he died. And yet, we hear his goodbye blessing in today's gospel text. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Judas had just been identified as the one who would betray Jesus, and the Last Supper continues after he leaves with Jesus preparing his followers for his upcoming death. And he says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Whoa. Maybe the four things from Dr. Brock would be better, or at least easier. But Jesus gets right to the point. Love one another. Now that's not new. Just as I have loved you. That's the new part. And then there's a promise. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He doesn't say if you believe the right things, if you worship like this or go to that church, if you memorize the Bible, if you pray every day, if you vote correctly, if you fill in the blank with whatever, whatever you've been told is the right way to be a Christian. No, he says, love one another. That's it. 
One biblical scholar said this command is simple enough for a toddler to memorize and appreciate. And yet, the most mature believers are repeatedly embarrassed at how poorly they comprehend it and put it into practice. Loving one another is hard. And most of the time, I don't feel up to the task. Sure, I can love my family and my friends. I can love the people I agree with on Facebook or work out with at the gym or even the people I worship with every Sunday. But real love, love like Jesus loves, that's too much. Pastor Debbie Thomas wrote in her blog this week, when I look at my own life, it's not too hard to name why I perpetually fail to obey Jesus' dying wish. Love is vulnerable-making, and I'd rather not be vulnerable. Love requires trust, and I'm naturally suspicious. Love spills over the margins and boundaries, and I feel safer and holier policing my own borders. Love takes time effort, discipline, and transformation. And I am just so darn busy. It's easier, she admits, to do good deeds, to make a meal for someone who's sick, to write a check to my favorite charity, to knit a prayer shawl. And those are important ways of living out our discipleship. But Jesus gives us a new commandment to love as he loved. Jesus loved Judas who betrayed him. Jesus loved Peter, who denied knowing him. Jesus loved the criminal executed beside him. And he loved the ones that were deemed unworthy of God's love. So what would Christendom look like if we cultivated that kind of love in the world? Now, to be honest, I don't know if I can answer that, even for myself. I know that it means shuffling my own priorities and moving out of my comfort zone. Maybe loving Jesus, loving as Jesus loved, is having so much compassion for someone, someone else who is hurting, that you feel your own heart breaking too. Maybe it's going to the clinic, carefully moving through protesters to be with someone who just made the most difficult decision of their life. Or maybe that was someone who went with you. Maybe... Love has pulled you out of your comfort zone and empowered you to say, enough is enough, so that you searched your home for markers and poster board and took to the streets with your sign to march with complete strangers and shouted until you were hoarse. Maybe loving as Jesus loves is holding the one who sobbed as they told you the most vulnerable thing that they could ever share with anyone that they were gay or bi or trans or lesbian. Or maybe someone held you and heard those words with deep compassion and love. And I believe loving as Jesus loved was shown this past week as people rallied around Pastor Betty Rendon and her family who are seeking, who are now being detained at the Kenosha County Jail. Pastor Betty is a graduate of our local seminary and has been serving Emmaus Lutheran Church in Racine, Wisconsin. On May 8th, more than 20 ICE agents raided their family home in Chicago, right in my neighborhood of Edgewater, and arrested them. 
At a prayer vigil outside the jail this past Wednesday, people gathered for prayer, and though they couldn't get in to be with the Rendon family, they anointed the jail's brick wall with oil, reminding those gathered there that there is no space that God cannot redeem, no space where God's light and love will not get in. Now, others who couldn't attend the rally picked up their phones or they started writing letters so that she would have the asylum hearing, could have the asylum hearing that she was denied after fleeing violence in Colombia. Those demanding her release and fair hearing have a hunger for justice motivated by Jesus' love for those who are most vulnerable. Perhaps you are or will be among them. Love one another. This was Jesus' dying wish, which means we have a God who first and foremost wants us to feel loved, not shamed or punished, not judged or isolated, loved. And Jesus follows this command with an exhilarating but terrifying promise. By this, everyone will know. The stakes are high, and there are plenty of people who are bearing Christ's name, whose words and actions don't reflect the love that Jesus commands. We know what to do. Weep with those who weep. Laugh with those who laugh. Touch the untouchables. Feed the hungry. Release the captive. Forgive the sinner. Confront the oppressor. Hold each other close. Tell each other the truth in love. Guide each other home. Love one another, even when it's hard or messy, because it's through this impossible love that our dying world will see and taste and touch and hear and come to know Christ, who loves everyone. Make your home in Jesus' love which is as abundant as the feast that we share and as free as the water in that font. It is God's love that we share because we know that there is no person, no situation, no prison, real or imagined, that God's love cannot redeem and that God's light and love cannot get in.